Welcome, welcome to the podcast, Hass Discusses. I'm the host, Michael Haspink. We got Hannah Dallas here. What's up? What's up? So what Good 40s? to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming. And um, yeah. talk about that 40s music you're jamming to recently. Oh man, should I should I pull up the playlist? I got like a 16-hour playlist. Yeah, go into it. Of Yeah, I mean, really, Al Bully and the orchestra. I mean, they go tough. I mean... Who else? I love a little Billy Eckstein. Of course, he's like 40s, 50s. Um, Dion and the Belmonts, Ricky Nelson, the uh, shoot, Tommy Dorsey. Oh man, we gotta get into Tommy Dorsey. I mean, yeah, I'll never about? smile again. Tommy Dorsey and Frank Sinatra. Yeah, it sounds That's like a little peep sm- song. I'll never smile again. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean Marilyn Monroe, "Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend" is like probably my go-to song. Don't give me the ox at a party because I'm gonna put on Al Bully in the orchestra. <laughs> you'll you'll, and gonna you'll get everyone to cry, or they'll just get mad because like they don't. Yeah, like I have like certain playlists where like I I don't want to put on like let me pull like if I have a playlist that has the Smiths on it, I'm not showing that to my people unless it's like someone that I know already like likes them. Or he vibes with it. Yeah, you gotta be careful because you can get you know clear out a room real quick. Yeah, for parties or, or hanging out with people, I had to go with Young Lean. Um, that's always good. Not sad, Young Lean. Lil Baby, I don't care. Yeah. Like Lil Baby's hella mainstream, but he's fucking. It's cool. I fuck with it. You Pop- hate me for this, but I like Da Baby better than Lil Baby. I think both are kind of like uh, all right, but I I like Lil Baby more because he I like she's more struggling. He sounds like he's struggling. I've noticed that's like more men like Lil Baby over Dub Baby. And I like to have this conversation because like the two babies that came out at the same time. Do you know baby. Mr. Kitty? Completely mm-hmm. off topic. He's a synth re- he's a synth wave, emo synth wave artist. And uh he's pretty you never heard of him? No. If you like you like the After Hours album by the weekend? Is that is that the one with uh Party and the After Party? That's the new one. That sounds like his like 2012 shit, if that makes sense. So it's a new album oh, that yeah. sounds like House of Balloons, but it's new. You know, I'm honestly not the biggest. Oops, sorry, my water spilled. I'm honestly not the biggest weekend fan. Um, yeah, it's just not my vibe. I listen to mad female rap. You know, I listen to like Megan Thee Stallion, Doja Cat. I love. I love Doja Cat. She she did a song with Lil Wayne that was really good. She's insane. She's like gorgeous and she knows how to spit um she's good and she just talks her shit you know i love how bougie she is but she's also hilarious um because i yeah i don't know she's funny you can't you see her and look do you see her and uh jack harlow on instagram live it was like i didn't see that they were like flirting with each other and like i don't i don't really like care about like people flirting that much but every now and then there's like moments where i see each other like there's like hella like asap like rocky and rihanna there's hella like dynamics that i like love seeing like what's your favorite celebrity relationship dynamic that you observe oh man my favorite you know it was and probably will always be paris and nicole paris hilton and nicole ritchie i don't know there that's like before your time i've heard paris hilton you were born when they had a show i mean i was like pretty young too but i remember um the simple life I think it came out 2004 it like spearheaded so many reality shows of our time it was basically because you know paris hilton she was like just known for being rich she was just an heiress 
And so she kind of like spinned that around and got even more famous by agreeing to have her and her best friend who were known in Hollywood and LA for just like getting trashed, going out to clubs every night, spending thousands of dollars at Ron Rodeo every day, you know? Um, and they agreed to go for a reality show, like move to a farm town in the middle of America, live with a family and like work normal jobs. And um, so they have a is it like a little reality? So it's a reality show about them, like getting out there and like going in the real. They're like people think that we're not able to go and work. Like we're gonna prove everyone wrong. Like that was like the vibe of the show, yeah. and it's just comedy. I mean, you can watch it on YouTube. Of course, I have all four seasons on DVD, um, but it's it's hilarious. That's got to be one of my favorites. Another one, hands down, James Franco and Seth Rogen. I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Those two are my idols, or yeah. you know, I don't know. Have you ever seen Broad City? Broad City, no. It's a Abby Jacobson and Alana Glazier. Those two as well, geniuses. Um, so it's like a show. It's it's kind of like I consider it to be like the female workaholics. It's also on Comedy Central. These two uh, like girls in their twenties. They're based in New York and just kind of shows them like struggling in their jobs but partying, having a good time. And they're stoners. Uh, it's it's really good show. I want to get yeah. into the Gilmore Girls too. I'm like I saw my mom watching that, and I was like, "Fuck it!" Like, cause me and my friend were talking. Cause me and my friend, a majority of our conversations are about like rap music or like heavily intense gangster movies. And then me and my friend are kind of like agreeing. We were like, you know, isn't it good to just go, you know, watch something like Napoleon Dynamite with just normal people? <laughs> I know without having to analyze things and like have a whole, like every scene is like a play by play. Like, what did I miss? What did you miss? I feel like as a television and film, like with the, the mindset I have based around that, um, people probably that are not like yeah. people that don't care about all that shit are really annoyed watching movies with me because they're like, shut up. Yeah. Like one time, like one time I'll be watching and I've been trying to do this more. It's like one day I'll watch like uncut gems and then like some like anxiety filled music movie and then one day i'll watch like an episode of kim's convenience which is a banger tv show you know that show yeah i've seen that show that show's good yeah i know i love i mix it up like that too for sure um have you ever seen skins uh skins uk nah oh man you gotta watch that i've heard of it probably this is the original euphoria. This is what euphoria wants to be in every sense of the word. I mean, no hate to that show. I, I do think it's interesting, although it definitely should have been set in college. There's no reason. That, I mean, that's their storylines in euphoria to me are not like high school kids, but um, anyway, skins, it's just this like very, it's a mixture of everything. There's like heart wrenching, people dying and like really traumatic things happening, but it's also like they're on MDMA partying and going hard. It's like a beautiful artistic. Yeah. Oh I don't know God. how long Zendaya is going to get back on Euphoria. I don't know how long she's going to get away with being 17 or 18, if that makes sense. I mean, that's the thing is Euphoria. Like those are, I mean, what high school, do you know anyone in high school that lived that life? Like, I don't know anybody and I'm from California. I'm from, I know a lot of people that are like celebrity kids. I don't know, you know, their storylines were just too much for a high school scenario. And I don't think that puts out a good, you know, I feel like high school kids watch this and think that's what they should be doing when in reality, 
these, you know, a few more years of development and maybe they can handle these scenarios. But that's my critique on that show because even skins, it's like they go far, like kids are not going to be like doing coke and MDMA every second they can at yeah. school, you know, usually. But, I think a mild um, version of Euphoria that just came out was Grand Army. That's what, yeah, that's what it was called, Grand Army. I love that one. I got to see that because I really like Odessa Adlon. She yeah, what was, was she in before that? I really, I've never really heard of her before that. What was she in? So, you know, I actually have only seen her in a cameo in that show Love on Netflix. I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Um, it didn't, I think it's been canceled now, but she has a really small cameo where she's just like this 16 year old girl, like putting on makeup. She looks really cute. And like the nerdy adult sees her and is like, hi, you're cool. Can I wear some of your makeup? And that's like her little scene. But um, she actually dated Jaden Smith and she's been on, you know, kind of like a- Do you listen to Jaden's music? I love Jaden Smith. Oh my God. Dude, you don't Rainbow, like Jaden Rainbow Bap is a banger like i was just, i loved yeah. his music like i got into it like about last summer and it's i, I love it man i love jaden smith what like have you listened to any of his other albums besides like the one he released last year like how long have you been listening to him i feel like since he released you know his verse on never say never with justin bieber i've been a fan yeah. you remember that when he was like in the karate kid and he rapped on never say never oh. with justin bieber I'm clueless to him because, like, I, I saw him as, like, mainstream, like, pop. I didn't, like, care about him. And then I kind of got into him yeah, later. Karate Kid with Jaden Smith, that movie's good. Karate Kid? Oh, I love Karate Kid, but, I like, I'm saying I never heard the song. Like, I didn't – at the time, I was, like, I hated a lot of, like – That's fair. That type of music, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it is the song at the end – I think it's at the end of the credits in that film because yeah. Jaden is rapping on it. But, um, yeah, I mean, those kids are really – talented and um i love both of them i saw the sire concert at coachella too bought a sweatshirt because yeah you you went to how many times have you gone to coachella because that's like firefly for you because like in delaware we have firefly that's like the closest big thing i'm not going because like 300 dollars. now nah, i'm good i don't i would never pay like more than 50 dollars to go to a show more than 100 dollars to go to a show let me correct myself i'm not that broke but <laughs> No, I mean, I, you know what, Coachella's for a lot of people. I've gone three times, and the first time I went, I was, like, 14. And I think, yeah, we were, like, hella young. I don't know why we even went, but <laughs> I just think those festivals are a little too big for me. Uh, I'm, like, a low-key person. I like to have fun, but I know, like, by the sec halfway through the second day, I'm drained. I'm, like, done, and I don't even do... You know, people do hard drugs at those festivals. I'm not someone who goes there and does drugs. You know, I'll smoke a little weed, have a drink, but I'm not going to be um, on Molly. I don't really, I don't do that kind of stuff. So it's, yeah. I think for people that have that kind of drug, like experience with it, they have a crazy good time, but I don't do that. So I like it, but I'm definitely not trying to go again. Um, I'd rather go to like a small festival or just a, a concert, you know. Yeah, going to, like I've gone to like a small local music musical show, and like I, I go there and I'll be like, "Yo, let's do a vlog out back, vlog interview out back." And like, there's like only probably like forty to fifty people. Like those are my those are my type of shows and stuff like that. But um, shit, Same. what was I gonna ask about? Back on to, like, all those shows we were kind of talking about, like, five minutes ago. 
Degrassi. That's another one. Like pre, let's go pre Nickelodeon, pre iCarly. Zoe yeah. 101 and that shit. Like, are, were you a fan of like Zoe 101 or Degrassi? Zoe 101 was my favorite show. I mean, Zoe's outfits were amazing. I really wanted, they had those like Vespa things. I don't remember what they were called, but you remember those little bikes? They had like little motorbikes that were oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. Beautiful phones. That show was the blueprint. It was actually filmed at uh, Pepperdine in Malibu, which is also just a stunning location. So, yeah, that show was amazing. Oh my God, loved it. You know, it's also a stunning location in terms of like school sets is wherever the fuck 10 things i hate about you was filmed i don't even know where that yeah, was filmed, but that looks so i don't even know where that was filmed but that look it looked like fucking hogwarts you know what i'm saying that movie oh man that's one of my all-time favorite movies yeah it's it's they did film it in seattle i don't remember i think they did it at a high school or yeah. you know what it kind of looks like a college though but i'm not i can't actually and the hell dude like what i want i wish my school had that you know what i'm saying Oh, when he's going down on the motorcycle? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that, that movie's amazing. What's your favorite movie from the 90s? I'm curious. From the 90s? <sighs> like, that kind of movie. Like, that kind of rom-com. I'm not going to say oh, every genre. That's way too broad. Rom-com movies from the 90s. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, shit. Uh, Rushmore. Rushmore. Rushmore for oh, you know what I remember you told me you love you've been a fan of that for a while yeah that's um yeah Rushmore because like the whole teacher student dynamic that's just weird as fuck I like how weird it is it's like it's almost like Napoleon Dynamite like the quirky energy that the Napoleon Dynamite has already has been going on in a lot of Wes Anderson movies if you get what I mean yeah yeah uh do, do you like Wes Anderson I love Wes Anderson I love I mean I love movies that are a spectacle. You know, when I watch a movie, I want to see a scene layout with color and, um, you know, like he has, a, he always creates a spectacle. It's always just as interesting to look at as it is to like, you know, what the story is. And there's a lot of movies that they just fail to add that kind of um, artistic element that he nails every time. In like the... Uh... Everything looks like a storybook almost. Not not storybook, but a children's yeah. book. Do you get what I mean? Like a uh, illustration. Yeah, sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And didn't you like say that your professor was obsessed with Bottle Rocket or some shit? Bottle you Rocket. Me, you told me one time that like your professor was obsessed with that movie. It was his first movie. I think that my professor was obsessed with Rushmore. Or I'm tripping. Yeah, Rushmore. I mean, I I remember, like, I had a professor I really liked. Um, he has mentioned Rushmore several times. Yeah. So I, I don't remember Bottle Rocket. Um, which one is that? It's, the, the, it's like Owen Wilson and his brothers. They're all, like, going in, like, Texas trying to, like, uh, become, like, like robbers and stuff to impress like James Kahn, who's like a like a crime lord in Texas, and it's like it's all like in a road trip fashion where like they're like it's 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 a weirdly structured movie. It's like his his earlier his for in it the movie though doesn't really look like a Wes Anderson movie if that makes sense. Like he didn't nail down his style, but it's pretty good. But I gotta see that. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, it's the first movie, so you gotta. 
give the what was Sofia Coppola's first movie that was a was it the Virgin Suicides or she actually made a short film um I think it was in 97 before that I think it's called Smackers and it's about these high school or middle school girls that like plan a murder um and that's really cool but she yeah Virgin Suicides was her first film and I gotta say that's the best adaptation I've ever seen in my life I read the book um as well she she just the I don't know I've never seen anything what the author has if the author has spoken about the film but I think the author would be proud because she nailed that I have a fact about that movie that I may or may not you may or may not know but Drake's lead producer 40 was an actor in The Virgin Suicides. Did you know that? His name's Noah Shabib. Which character did he play? I'll figure it out in a second. But Noah Shabib, he like the he he did like all of Drake's like main signature shit, like Marvin's Room, like headlines, yeah. like um That's crazy. Fancy, like uh he's his lead engineer, uh one dance and like Maybe, maybe even Hotline Bling. I may be bullshitting right now. Well, you want to know? I bet you he um, was affiliated with Coppola because she she's done a lot of music videos. Yeah. Like she's, what type of music? What that. what music videos ha uh, did? Um... You know Phoenix? You ever heard of the band Phoenix? No. They've done that. Uh, they had an album called Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix, and they have a song called Listomania that's really popular. There's a couple other ones that I'm sure you've just heard in movies or like even in shops, stores, because it's really, they're really mainstream songs, a couple of them. But she's actually, um, I think they're married. She's married to the lead singer and they've been together for a while. So she yeah. has produced some of her directed. I've directed like two music videos, like myself. And oh, really? Yeah, yeah, for like friends and stuff. But they're, uh, it's really fun. Like the best thing you could do though, when you do it, like, I don't, if anybody listening does that type of shit or is a musician, cause like, I know a lot of musicians watch my stuff is just yeah. keep that shit rolling, man. Keep it rolling. Cause you don't want to miss out on something good and find different locations. Like, I don't know, but, um, would, would you want to share where you went to school or like what you like majored in there? Sure. Yeah. Um, I just graduated from San Diego state. I'm not gonna shout out that school because I honestly don't like that school, but I'm gonna shout out myself for getting the diploma. Uh, I majored in television and film, critical studies. I was actually considering for a while and I'm still partially considering um, being a film and tell, or maybe more so on the television end historian because I'm so interested in, there's just so many little like facets of the the culture that um i think people don't know about but would be really interested to know and there's certain standout figures especially a lot of women that i don't think are accounted for in any of the mainstream lists i mean um i can't give you the exact statistic right now i wish i had it on the top of my head but um it's like basically there's never really any women listed in those 100 top best films of the decade or whatever it's usually like five or less films directed by women that are featured in those i don't know if you read a lot of those lists or um i do know, you know what you mean how there's like a lack of major lack you know what i mean like um how do i say this lens like lens like like spotlight more so 
on and yeah i totally get what you mean because every fucking top 10 list or of movies and uh like film directors it's it's like okay tarantino scorsese and um wes anderson and stanley kubrick was a masterpiece because he used symmetry and Mm -hmm. i'm completely i love making fun of like film fans like i love like i did a post like I love me, I love Scorsese and Tarantino, but I did a post where I like edits footage from The Irishman, but puts the audio of a Viagra commercial over it, and, and then I, I posted on my Instagram and said, um, uh, "Tarantino fans are incels," because I, I just wanted yeah. to fuck with them, because like I used to be like such a snob. Like I love Tarantino, but Tarantino's movies, his the ones of his that are good are the ones that have the least amount of action and violence because the writing can focus on the characters. Like, my favorite Tarantino movie is Jackie Brown because it's all about... Really? Yeah, because, like, she is, like... uh, in, It's a really good romance story. You seen that one? Yeah. It's a good romance. It's, like, just a romance between 40-year-olds. Like, fuck yeah. That's what I want to watch. I don't want to... I don't want to hear... I don't want to watch about, like, um... Like... Django and Inglorious Bastards, like it's it's fun, but like it's like I'm watching Kingsman, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I I, can't, I get that vibe. I mean, I think all, you know, I don't know. I like Tarantino. I'm never gonna be the person who claims him as one of my favorite directors because yeah. I like his movies. I don't. There's not something about his autorism that makes me, you know, that I'm obsessed with. I just think, you know, every once in a while, let's watch this. Fuck it, you know. That's kind of my sense with him. I'm not crazy on him. Um, I Once again, you know, I really care more for a spectacle. I like the artistic features. I do think there are times when he really nails it. But, you know, like you said, it's just really layered through so much violence and blood and gore that um, it lo- loses my yeah. interest. Like there's yeah. barely any violence in like Jackie Brown and Reservoir Dogs. Like the, what I, you know, why the reason Reservoir like, uh, Dogs is good is because it's a robbery movie where you don't see the robbery. That's facts. Like, yeah, what are your thoughts on speaking of robbery movies? I wanted to ask you this earlier, but have you ever seen A Dog Day Afternoon? I just watched it a couple months ago with my homie, and yeah? holy shit, I loved it. It was almost like it's it gave me a real, it, it almost it gave me like a Breakfast Club feel, and I know it came out before Breakfast Club, but you get what I mean, where they're all like trapped in one location, getting to know each other. And they're never going to see each other again. And he definitely gives the bad boy in Breakfast Club vibes. Uh, in yeah. That, movie. that is so, I don't know. I saw that. Or Sidney Lumet. That's his name, not Sidney Lumet. I want to watch Serpico. Or I might have seen, I forget. But I want to watch that now. Like, I, I got to get into that. But What are your thoughts on uh, Catherine Bigelow? Her Locker? Yeah, Zero Dark Thirty and Her Locker. I don't. I probably I think I've only seen Zero Dark Thirty, and it was when I was like seven. You got to see Point Break with Keanu. Oh, I've Reed. seen Point Break. Yeah, okay, she's Point great. Break. Then fuck yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, and um, good. my homie Chris von Hoffman, who I think he did like a movie. He's done a couple movies, and I interviewed him, and he did a really good top ten female directors list that like opened my fucking eye. Oh, I'd love to hear this list. Yeah, you want to hear it? Yeah, Let's go. read the list. Uh, he's got a medium website thing that I'm like looking for. It's like, well, yeah, article. I'm gonna grab yeah. my bong real quick. 
Yeah, rip one on camera, poor favor. I am going to rip one on camera. Let's hear this list. Besides Catherine Bigelow, which is the first one on the list. Classic. Classic. Karen Kusama. Oh, yeah. Girl Fight. The Invitation, which I think I might have seen. You got to see Girl Fight. I'll get it. That sounds, uh, that sounds exciting. Yeah, that movie's good. You'd like it. Andrea Arnold. Yeah, I've heard of her. Who is Andrea Arnold? What is she? American Honey. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, Nicole Holof... Nicole Holofsinner... That's I fucking oh, yeah. butchered that. Oh my god! You did butcher that. I but you know what? I, I don't. I don't think I could. I don't think I can pronounce it either. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, Mary Heron. Hell yeah! Fuck yeah! She's great. Oh yeah. What do you call that? Daphne, right? <laughs> That's the funniest shit I've ever like heard you. I didn't hear you say it. I watched you say it. She's kind of like Scooby-Doo Daphne because she has a green tint, but she's purple. Yeah. That's why I named her that. But um, I actually wrote a whole paper. I did like a like a dissertation type thing on Mary Heron. Um, That's she's good. amazing. Yeah, I could talk about her for a while. You ever seen I Shot Andy Warhol? I like heavily read up on her Wikipedia. And like what I love about... I've never, I haven't seen that, but... I, what I love is that American Psycho is like, like. Oh, you would have not believe. You know, it's hard to believe that was written by a woman and directed. Yeah, by you a know woman. what I mean. Like that's why I love. Like it made me like appreciate it a bit more because like, it prove it uh gives further evidence that the whole movie in story is a critique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So what's and, Andy, I shot Andy Warhol about? Is I assume it's about. Well, could you explain what yeah. you like about that movie? I've never seen it. So something that I noticed that is like a part of her auteurism, I think for the most part, she likes to focus on tragic female characters um, in pop culture history, like um, Valerie Solanas. She, I mean, tragic characters in the sense that their stories have oftentimes been led, like their narratives have been led by the, the bad parts of their lives. So Valerie Solanas was a feminist very intense feminist who um, she shot Andy Warhol and she shot him because she, you know, she said actually, oh, he has too much control over my life. You know, that's why I shot him. She like walked into the police station and um, admitted it because she, I don't know. So basically she wrote a uh, manifesto called the scum manifesto. And it's just the, you should read it. It's kind of, you know, I don't really think I believe I'm <laughs> that intense of a feminist uh, with her, but I do think, you know, it's like an interesting uh, perspective and I think it's really interesting to learn about. But she, yeah, she wrote the Scum Manifesto and she created a play and she somehow like had access to someone who was in Andy Warhol's crowd, who at the time was like up and coming in New York. You know, he had a studio, people knew who he was, he was kind of becoming a household name. So she got affiliated with his friend group. She was like one of them, you know, she hung out with his squad. Um, and I guess he, the movie just kind of explains like how she falls out with the group and how he kind of 
just uses her and she's like, you know what? I'm done with men using me. And she shot him. But basically everybody sees her as this villain. Um, and in reality, you know, she had a really hard life and they show the other side of her. So the movie isn't focused, you know, yeah. they, so that's, I don't know, that movie's really cool. And another one she did, The Notorious Betty Page is about the pinup star, Betty Page. And she's like this legend because, you know, nobody, she was like the first person who was famous for, you know, BDSM photos and all that. So then they, she shows her life story. And then she also did the Anna Nicole Smith biopic on, um, I think it was Lifetime. Oh, I'm, oh man, I know a lot about her. I'm gonna have to go into that. Oh man, that's the first next. I love her. Yes, yeah, oh my God. That's like, she's one of my favorite Playboy models. Like Hell yeah. You'd love, actually, I got some old magazines. I just got, I scored some. Let me show this to you, actually. This Please. Oh, man. I'm hella intrigued. I love this, yeah. Don't open them. Just show the, just show the cover. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I'm not taking it out, but uh, got it in the. Oh, oh, wrapper. snap. It's all like, yeah. Like, there we go. It's from uh, 1973, yeah. You got, you want thrifting for that or eBay or whatever? Oh, um, I actually, I don't know what it is. I get so, I get so lucky when I go thrifting. Like, I go into a thrift store. I don't know. Some days I just get a feeling that I should go. And I walk in and I find Dolce Gabbana jeans for 10 bucks, Diane von Furstenberg's skirt for $4. I'll get, um, you know, I got rag and bone jeans for $8. I mean, I find some good stuff. And then I found all, I mean, I found this little hole in the wall in Ocean Beach in San Diego. And it just has a stack of Playboy magazines. It's like a ginormous stack. Most of them are from what the What do you 2000s. mean a hole in the wall? It's like I was, it was on 420. Uh, I was with my friend. We were just stoned out of our minds walking around ocean beach and we like walked through this little alleyway and it had you know those little alleyways with shops yeah and it was just like at the end of this alleyway there was this little thrift store and we were like what went in so that's why i say hole in the wall because it's not like a very apparent spot i had never seen it or heard of it before so it's a thrift store called hole in the wall oh no it's not even called hole in the wall i say like hole in the wall is kind of like a phrase like just a random place that like oh, you wouldn't yeah. think of yeah it's kind of more like a it's like a phrase oh that's fire i, I never heard that though but um what was i gonna say so the i shot man andy warhol the whole concept that she had a whole manifesto that heavily interests me because i think that um i think ted kaczynski needs an i shot andy warhol movie and i know that sounds really fucked up he bombed 30 people but come on man like he wrote a really good manifesto and a lot of people i don't know have you ever gotten into that or no but I think that is different. Because I think there's a completely different. Think about it already. Thing his, that they're talking about. What are you saying? I I think that as a woman, she you know the fact that you're already saying he should have that movie just kind of shows that when it's a man, the thought is already there. There are a lot of movies that reveal, I think, like the other side. You know, like Snowden, or like. Sure. You know, there's a lot of movies like that, but when there's not a lot of movies with showing the other side of women, you know, they love to villainize women and leave it at that, you know? Well, I used to I mean, be, so, I used to be, like, I love that, like, you know, we're talking about this shit, and I used to be, like, an asshole who did not care about women's stories, and, like, now I've sort of, like, fucking, 
gotten to appreciate like women's perspective in like film and starting to like analyze them but i still like but like what could i i think ted kaczynski is like more grand than a man's uh perspective on society i think he was on a whole different level and i think it's more so what he's coming at is like the uh government in the 60s in that in his manifesto because he was like a part of the mk ultra program and he was like his professors abused him and shit so he was like bred to hate authority if that makes sense and that's why he did what he did because he was like fucking abused by all his professors and they like fed him psychedelics uh, as a part of like a testing program and then that's what made him i don't know you know when you when you come from that perspective i see what you mean you know it all starts from like a root of trauma and I think that it's important to reveal those, but like Valerie Solanas did not kill Andy Warhol. You know, she shot Andy Warhol. And I do think there is a glorification of people in our media that, you know, it's like we're naming and putting the faces to the perpetrators, which glorifies them and gives them fame in a sense. And that I think that's why, you know, things like that are rising. Like people know that it'll make them famous. Natural born killers is a great example of Mm -hmm. what we're talking about and how like Oliver Stone was clearly sort of coming at the way media, the media portrays serial killers. And have you seen the director's cut of that or have you seen that at all? I've seen the director's cut, but I have seen, of course I've seen that movie. Yeah. Where can you watch the director's cut? I have it on DVD. Um, somewhere probably in my car because i was like selling shit at a flea market and i like was i was gonna sell that because like i need some you know um but <laughs> what need some dough yeah we, we all we n- never a wrong time to get your paper right is my favorite souls a lyric anyway <laughs> there you go anyways um but what'd you think of that one did uh natural born killers i mean i i think that's a great movie but films that stand out to me are like you know i don't care about a movie about a whole bunch of men that sounds bad i know i know i know i know you know like i i've seen i've only seen it once my aunt said a similar thing where i was like showing her the trailer for uncut gems and she was like it's just another movie about guys in new york arguing about money the thing that's cool about that movie um at the very beginning so the girl who plays his girlfriend yeah he's really good friends uh my cousin who passed away my cousin her name was Shade. um she was she's really good friends with this uh model her name's paloma elsesser before she passed away of course they're good friends and paloma is actually in uncut gems she's the other friend in the bed at the very beginning of the movie yo that's dope and so right when i saw you know that's like the one of the, within the first five ten minutes of that movie so um yeah, when I saw that, I was like, yes, Paloma, because I love to see, you know, I've always thought she was really cool. She's a plus size model. She's gorgeous. And since my cousin is friends with her, I've always known who she was. So um, I loved that part of it. And I do think that movie, I love the girlfriend. I love her craziness. And I do think it's not all about him, you know, like the movie ends with her. She gets all the money, man. Like, I like to think that she, I like to think it's a similar scenario to, uh, it's, I have the same optimism at when I look at Steve Buscemi from Reservoir Dogs. I hope he gets away. I hope she gets away. You know what I mean? 
Have you, you ever seen The Sopranos? Oh, God, everybody's been trying to put me on. No, I have not. You, I mean, Mikey, come on. You, you would love this show. First yeah. of all, the soundtrack, incredible. I mean, it's a lot of like old music and opera and, but there's a lot of like classic rock in there too. I don't know. That show is amazing. That's the one time. I think that show is my exception for violence because it's a very constantly violent and graphic show, but um, the family values, the women in that show, I just, I love it. So good. It's like a classic. It really is a family show at the end of the day. Yeah. And every time someone talks to me about it, like I always hear about how like good that was for television and making television more cinematic and shit like that. So that makes me want to appreciate it. But I want to talk about um, Lost in Translation back on Coppola. Uh. So my homie, who's like, you know, kind of like me and just watches a lot of like hardcore gangster shit. He was like trying to get me to watch this. And I was like, all right. And I loved it. Like, what's your opinion on Lost in Translation? So, you know, the spectacle, that movie, Tokyo is a perfect setting for her kind of, you know, someone like Sofia Coppola because it's just such a beautiful city. Um, and I think that movie's awesome. I think what's so cool is the amount of silence in that movie, but you're still so in entra- entranced in the story, you know, the silence. That's something that a lot of people don't like about Coppola's movies is that there's a lot of silence and there's a lot of, um, you know, shots that look, you know, people say her films are glorified music videos because of that aspect with music, you know, but, you know, she always has incredible soundtracks, just like in, in that film too, you know, when they're at the karaoke club and, um, you know, I love that scene. I don't know. Yeah. There's things where people will say oh she goes on too long with those scenes she needs to cut those scenes but it's like why it tells part of the story it helps and the best way i describe that movie is it's like it's a movie about the girl that you saw at the mall that you wish you said hi to but never said hi to it's that That feeling genius yeah. I, I think that's a great description. It is. That's a, that's how the movie. Or guy, feels. you know what I'm saying? For, you know what I mean? If I were to t- if I were describing it to a, a girl or whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? But yeah, I I love that man. And and um, Bill Murray, I love his dramatic. That's why I love Brushmore so much. Is because he kind of has that, the weird quirky energy to him. But he also like it's a fucking it's a slightly serious movie. And he's he's really sad in Rushmore. Bill Murray. You know, this is a little bit random, but you know I met him. Oh, well, yeah. Tell me about that. I just, I, when I was a kid, I he was at the pool that I go swimming at. And I was just in the lobby. Like, there was nobody in there. And he just walked in. And I was like, Bill Murray? And he was like, yep, that's me, kid. He was like 6'5". <laughs> Maybe because I was so short, he looked even taller. But I know he's really... Was that like the Carmel pool or whatever the, the, the country... Club. Yeah. Yeah, I know your mom loves that place. <laughs> she fucking oh my god. And I did too. It was so cool. Like the fucking the um nice. the what do they call it? The locker room was like the size of a small house. Oh yeah. I mean the the saunas and all that in there. I love that place. Shout out the beach club, man. That place is awesome. Yeah. And uh oh, I just figured the- out that what you say? 
Oh no, no, wait. What were you gonna say? I was saying what I just you? I just figured out that uh, Clint Eastwood used to be the mayor or some shit. Yeah, you know he was our neighbor too. Oh, for real? Yeah, it's it's funny because I've met him a few times. You know, I'm um, like I've been like kind of grew up with not grew up with, but I went to school with his daughter, and um, you know I'd see them at the pool and all that. And so it's funny because you know I've been in so many film classes. I think he's brought up every every class they brought him up. So it's always weird just because I've met him and it was like, he's such a, you know, we get their Christmas cards. Like, it's like a- For real? You know, yeah. So yeah, it's like, cool. I mean, I don't, I don't know if we still get them, but we used to get them. And we used to, our family used to send Christmas cards and all that. So- um, The Mule was yeah. a dope movie that he released like a couple years ago. A lot of people like call, called it like so average, but I liked. I thought. I thought the ending like left out one character that should have had like an ending to his character. One some character that was in there wasn't didn't have a good ending. But the main character, I feel like. I feel like it was pretty. Did you see it? Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. He killed that. Have you ever seen? I mean, this is not. For some reason, that movie kind of gives me the same vibes. Um, even though they're very very different contexts and characters. But have you ever seen White Hunter Blackheart? No. So that story is about um, John Huston, who, you know, the director, John Huston? I've probably heard of him. So, you know, uh, the Adams family? You ever seen those movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Morticia Adams? Maybe. She's played by Angelica Huston. Okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she's the daughter of John Huston, but he was like a very prolific director. And um, he was known to just be crazy. So he made the movie The African Queen with Katherine Hepburn. Don't remember the year on that one, but they went to South Africa or they went to uh, somewhere in Africa to film that movie. And basically he caused so many problems on set because he was so focused on shooting an elephant instead of filming the movie. So I think like, he wasted weeks of production time. You know, he was just so selfish and was like, let them wait. I don't care. You know, like the shining set. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It was like a really intense one. So, um, Clint Eastwood basically breaks down like, so it's a documentary about Clint. Oh, that sounds it's not a documentary. It's I'm he, like, he like, he plays this character. And his name is something else. Um, so it's inspired by. It's based on these events. Yeah. So he's like, his character is supposed to be like breaking down all of the other roles that he's been in that like portray classic, like hegemonic masculinity. You know, Clint Eastwood is known for silence, like a man of few words, but he can, you know, always be the strongest, most victorious man in the room. And um, he uses this character and he said it like he uses it to break down that image um because you know he thinks it's it's like a form of hegemonic masculinity that is not real so yeah that's dope no i want this sounds like it's probably better than the mule i don't know no i mean here's my thing i like the mule better that movie just clint being so old makes that movie even more iconic you know you're like damn this guy the fact that it happened in real life, it thinks like, man, if I was at the uh, the taco stand or wherever the um wherever he was eating out, and I saw some old guy chowing down on a burrito, he could have a barrel, you know, some 
some coke in his bat in his trunk and it's like you never know who's a criminal you know what i'm saying and that's why i love like mysterious energy about like shit in real life like where you like the um like always like asking people like like i love like at work right now i love asking like random motherfuckers i work with like about themselves and shit and like i don't know I i love hearing about shit but work's fun for me i just like smoke pot and watch movies and cook food i like my work that's awesome yeah i work at a dispensary so basically for real a lot of weed too yeah it's awesome Does the- shout out golden state greens point loma yeah um i've been working there for like a couple months i just wanted you know to have you know i was like what am i going to do with my little extra time so i got a job and it's been awesome um i'm smoking some fireweed I was wanting some fire weed. Where did your uh well I feel like we should now bring up your we talk a lot of great topics, but we should also bring up your YouTube channel. Tell us about that channel uh that you got going on. Up and coming, you know. Um I just I've been smoking weed since I was like fifteen. I remember when I used to, you know, buy weed off a dealer and you don't even know what you're smoking, what it is. Like everything used to get you high me high whenever I think that's how it is for like people that are just starting to smoke basically everything gets you high. But once you've been smoking for so long, it's like you start to notice, you know, oh man, this weed is good. This weed is bad. Um, and I don't know. I just, I have a lot of people come into the shop and they're like, Ooh, have you tried this strain? Have you tried this? I want to know about this. Like people are curious, especially as a bud tender, people want to know, what it's like when you open the package blood tender that's the first time i've heard that term wow it's a cool term right that's yeah. like technically like what my job title is that's dope continue though yeah um so that kind of is what inspired me i was you know people have been coming in and just asking me and i hate not being able to answer their question because a big reason of why i started working there was because i have just i'm such an experienced um, I'm very experienced with weed. So when I go in and I ask bud tenders questions and they don't know anything, I'm like, what? Cause that happens like 80% of the time. I know you, do you guys even have legal marijuana in Delaware right now? There's dispensaries, but you have to have a card. Like, okay. so you guys are medical. Yeah. Well, well, we're getting there. You know what I'm saying? We're getting there, but you know, I have plugs. There you go. Uh, but, um, yeah, I just, it's like surprising to me that these people that work in the industry, I'm not calling out any shops in particular, any people, but I've just, I just noticed like, wow, I have to go online do my own research before I walk in the store because these people don't know a thing. So, um, yeah, I, I, when I work with people, I love being able to answer all their questions because that's what a bud tender should do. And so I was like, you know what? I been smoking a lot of weed. The money I get on tips, I'll use to buy my weed. I'll start making reviews because it'd be helpful to people in the shop and it's helpful to myself. And I think my friends too, because like, you know, I just did a review on the Jealousy by Garcia. Garcia is an awesome company, really like them, but um, this eighth is $60 and it was not worth $60. You know what I mean? Like there are batches that just are not, I mean, not batches, but strains that are overpriced or strains that are like $20 for two grams that are insanely good, you know, that people underestimate. So, um, 
I don't know. I think that's, I was like, might as well use my smoking addiction, put it to use. Like I love to smoke. I want to be able to keep smoking. And you have experience like, you know, editing and all of that stuff. So like perfect combo, right time. You should do some business cards or something for like, you know, put put them in the store. You know what I mean? Because I was thinking like people come in and I'm like, they're like, wow, you know so much, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, yeah, I do weed reviews. And then, I don't know, I actually spend like one day of the week doing research as well. Um, so I've actually made like, I have like little notebooks of what the different types of terpenes do, uh, what their properties are, like what strains are good for sleep for different kinds of moods. I've written a whole bunch of stuff down. So I'm just growing my knowledge more and more um i've never made any videos like review style um any like you know i made youtube videos i think when i was like a kid but i don't have never really taken it seriously until now so i do think my first video i'm a little bit i feel like i was stiff but i'm i think you got to start somewhere so i'd rather be you know stiff and do it than never do it because of that little fear Um, yeah like when i started this channel like what were you saying Oh no, I was just saying, hopefully I just keep getting more comfortable on camera and gets more, just gets better. It's fluid. You know what I'm saying? It, uh, when I started my, you know, I started my channel probably like, I don't know, probably like February of 2019, this channel, but I've been doing YouTube since I was like seven, like literally like, and, but still though, I probably don't think that I've actually become as confident as I am now on camera until like until like probably i don't know it's december maybe like of december of last year and it's because like i put out like an unhealthy amount of you know stuff because like i did i did like december i did like a 25 days of videos thing and i did like daily videos for 25 days like up until christmas and a lot of editing that's a lot of work you know so respect yeah yeah and um i'm a when it comes to editing so that takes me forever you know four minutes will take me like hours you know what i want to i want to talk about though do you think in our lifetime there will be and this sounds like a bit weird but do you think there will be psilocybin stores yeah you know they're already starting to do some legislation to like loosen all that up and they're going to be put into dispensaries i believe so when they are ready to go yeah, I think I, like absolutely. I mean, it's already happening in Oregon, I think, in Washington, right? Yeah, that's like so cool to me. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we're headed towards this weird, you know, society thing that we're like. I think we're gonna. I think it's all up from here. Is what I'm saying. I think like a lot of people want to like be all negative and oh man, look at look at who this guy and and it's like um we're past all the bullshit, man. Let's like this chill. Let's enjoy what we have and let's go forward with and try to get advanced. I feel like we're we're moving towards some great shit as a society. I don't know. That's real vague. Yeah, shrooms are medicinal. Yeah. I've been like listening to a lot of Terrence McKenna talk about like shit. Like about, have you ever heard of like his lectures or do you know who that is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been getting into him because Duncan Trussell put me on. He's like one of my favorite podcasters. And, uh, Trussell. Duncan Trussell, I don't know if I've heard of him. comedian, comedian who talks a lot about Eastern philosophy, a mixture of Eastern philosophy, um, uh, 
psychedelics and um a little bit of conspiracy theories but barely barely but he mainly talks to like uh meditation gurus and shit like that and he's real like he's like it, 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 he's he, he's like one of joe rogan's buddies that's better than joe rogan if that makes sense you're the new joe rogan yeah yeah you gotta replace joe rogan mikey okay i'm rooting for you yeah i'm already at 100 i'm already at 100 episodes i mean you're getting you're at 100 yeah but i have like 100 and i have like probably five to ten unreleased wow there it is so that's awesome yeah i just need a studio set up when i like move out because i'm like when i move out of here this house when are you graduating next year Okay, nice. I'm. A, I just uh, ended my junior year. I just like sent that final project for that one class like a couple hours ago. Man, fucking oh. relief. Best feeling ever. Best feeling ever. Yeah, That's I might. I might jump into like the canal, which I'm pretty sure is illegal. But I might just like. You gotta celebrate somehow. <laughs> yeah. You wanna know something funny? Uh, I have a friend who actually jumped in the Trevi Fountain in Rome got arrested she's now banned from the country of italy oh yeah you're not supposed to do that right why like what what's is it like religious or some shit the trevi fountain is just like one of the most famous historical landmarks in the world and so of course it's a complete you know nobody you can't jump in there i know you i know you can't jump in there but let's just say like like um a missile dropped in the entire city then people would just forget about it and move on if that makes sense like it's only it's only people only think it take it seriously because people would tell i don't know i'm very like i believe in social constructs and shit i i like i really i analyze shit way too much if that makes sense i i, I do too i get it yeah it's hard not to you have an analytical brain yeah just go with it um I want to talk about somebody that was not on the list that I was bringing up, or like it's on the bottom, but I haven't seen it. But Ava DuVernay, she's fire too. I love her. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, she's a spearheader for women in television right now too, and women in film. What's um, that joint? Uh, when they see us. That... Have you ever seen, I think her, the best thing she's ever put out is actually the documentary 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, it's, I think it's really important, honestly, for white people to watch that because. I watched it, but I feel like it, you'll get the same thing out of watching when they see us. So like, I appreciate when they see us more, but like for Absolutely. the same reason, I like the 13th, if that makes sense. Do you get what I'm saying? See, when they see us, so you know, I, I, I'm, I love that she told that story and, but it's just, it's really sad, you know, it makes me so sad to watch it. Um, the saddest part is, it, but it's, you know, it's just, it's like these teenage boys that just have their lives taken from them. And, you know, I, when I was that age, I'd been in like a little bit of legal trouble, not anything serious, you know, but just kind of the feeling of being that age. And I mean, they want, it's really, yeah. I, I don't know. That's a horrible, what's wrong with our country? You know, what the, I don't know. But I'm, I, she's amazing for telling these stories and like, you know, 
that, you know, it was like the top watched thing on Netflix for a while when it came out. So, yeah, yeah like that was the visual. My favorite part about that is those like, it's just like, it's like this, he gets, I think he gets out of prison or he's in, no, he's in the solitary confinement and he's like imagining to himself if he was able to go on a date with a girl that he had set up, but he was not able to go on that date or some shit. Or, like, it was a, a imagining of if the date happened or some shit. And that was, like, that was, like, the tearjerker moment for me. Where I was like, oh, man, I wish this kid was just back at home going on dates with girls, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was... Like when they're in there and the policemen are convincing them to all say each other's names. Like, that was just so, you know, the way they just... Oh. And oh the way God. that it was, like, some random guy who did it, who, like, is already in prison, too. It's like um, it's like when Shawshank Redemption, and I'm not saying that they're, like, that Shawshank Redemption has no nothing to do with the social issues discussed in When They See Us, but it's a very similar moment to, like, in Shawshank Redemption when, like, the uh, police guy, the, the guard, like, shoots the guy. Like, it's like, ah, like, but at least there is a, there's so much, like, how do I say this, non- direct like really emotional suffering and shit and i definitely see like i don't know what, the, what i'm saying but that's it was really emotional you know what i mean yeah no it is she she's great at capturing that um she also did a wrinkle in time which is a random disney film but i, I really like that film too it's cute wrinkle in time yeah I, isn't it like based on like a really old book or some shit mm-hmm did you read the book or no? No, I never read the book. But I don't know. I just, she does this show called Queen Sugar. Um, and she actually has hired, it's like a 100% either women or minorities are working on cast and crew. That show is like, I think it's the, the only show that can say that it's 100% diverse in that sense like on television right now so like is it like is what's the show like is it just like a tv show like fictional show or is it like a pie like what is it let me see i actually haven't seen it because i don't have the streaming it's on it's on quibi (laughs) it's on quibi no i'm making fun of quibi right now Oh, oh yeah yeah let me find this. You know, you know, I honestly might have to um, subscribe to Paramount because of the iCarly reboot, or I'm gonna pirate it somehow. Oh my God, I know. Yeah, dude. They uh, they released like a little Q and A type shit on um, on YouTube for like the thing, and it. I'm I'm, you know, I have you gotten into how like Jeanette McCurdy like hates being an actress and stuff like that. Have you like? No. Looked- yeah, she's like not in the reboot, and she like hates being an actress. She like only acted to support her mom, but when her mom died, she quit acting and quit Sam and Cat, and she runs her own podcast where she like has friends on to like discuss like certain issues and shit that she struggled through, and like she's like on her podcast, uh, Jeanette McCurdy talking about like how she was like had an eating disorder and how like she really hated her mom and shit like that, and how her mom. And her family was like really coercing her into being an actor, and she really did not like her acting career. Everybody on iCarly is like respecting her. I'm like, yeah, you're good. You don't have to be on the show. And they like they didn't recast her. They just like 
put another friend in there if that makes sense in the new yeah i saw that she you know how you say that i saw she wasn't in the trailer um that's pretty wild another this is random another person i met miranda cosgrove first celebrity i ever met how was that most exciting i was like seven or eight i carly had just come out and i was walking around at century city in la my cousins and you know we used to go to LA and we would spend every day like looking for celebrities like I don't know why we wanted to see celebrities that's funny but we would be like mom you're walking too slow like we'd just be looking I remember a long day of searching for celebrities and finding none and then my mom was like there's the girl from Drake and Josh and she was in a store and we were like oh my freaking god and I was wearing this ugly ass hat that is surprisingly come back in style. The train conductor hat, I'm sure you're familiar with it. Yeah. But this train conductor hat was magenta with yellow checker print. It's hideous. Uh, basically, I remember just walking by like the, the store windows, just kind of walking and like looking in and like trying to be casual. And then at some point she was like laughing and she like waved us in. We went in, took a photo with her. And then she was like, your hat is awesome. And I did not take off that hat for the rest of the year. <laughs> oh my god, that's fucking hilarious! Oh man, and you met Katy Perry too. Met Katy Perry, and you know what? I was just telling someone this the other day. I don't know why, but I'll like always love her because she told me I was pretty during the most awkward phase of my life. I was a very unattractive thirteen-year-old girl, and I remember she just told me I was pretty and I was like Katy Perry thinks I'm pretty and I was very awkward so I gotta love that woman but that was a really fun show we actually got to go on stage um she has a I don't think they're friends anymore I believe they had falling out but uh she had a best friend named Marcus Molinari and he was a family friend so he brought us like mid-concert we were like watching the show he came up and was like you two are coming with me to my friend and I and he brought us down and he's like, all right, you're, you guys are gonna go on stage right now. And so we got to go on stage and dance with her. There was other people that were brought up, but it was really fun. That's the, that was yeah. the first concert I ever went to. She dated um, Katy Perry, she dated Russell Brand. They were married. They, or were married, okay. Um, but that's um like that, cre- like Russell Brand, He he's a, He's got a really good thing going on. Like he has his own podcast, and he—I'm uh, a big fan of like his independently produced content. I love his movies and all. But have you ever like listened to his podcast at all, or like looked at his YouTube stuff that he puts out? I haven't, but I should because I am like really interested in learning how to do his accent. Why really... you got a part or something? No, no, I just love British accents. I love to be, I mean, there's a few dialects, I think, not a, not a few, maybe like two that I'm good at. So he has a really difficult accent, in my opinion, to mimic um, properly. Like people can mimic it and do a bad job, but like to actually mimic him and get it right is a skill. And I would love, yeah, I should really look into it. Yeah, he has like a YouTube channel where like half of it is clips from his podcast that like, he doesn't put up the full version because he has some like subscription shit. Like he got a deal with some company, but then he has the other thing where he just puts like ten minute videos about him ranting and rambling about how he uh, got sober or some shit like that, 
or like how he used to like be addicted to heroin and and it's like Crazy. I hella I love when like celebrities like are real open about like struggles and shit like that's I fucking love that because like it shows that they're as fucked up as we are. That's why I love Pete Davidson, honestly. Did you yeah, ever see he. Did you ever see the Charlemagne and Pete Davidson one on one? Uh, not the one on one, but I did see one on when he was on the Breakfast Club, and he was like, "If I never listened to Kid Cudi, I would have killed myself." You got to see his one on one with Charlemagne. I it's the, probably the most like intense and honest celebrity interview I've ever watched. What's and he it's like, go into? everything i mean way more than he really gets into his depression he really gets into he gets into self-harm he gets into um drug use i mean he always gets into drug use but like i think he gets a little bit more in depth on psychedelics and uh i really like it the thing i love about pete is that he's just so himself but i am sick of the you know i think that he's kind of rewritten the same film a couple times the same general idea and I think a lot of his stuff I mean I understand you know he his comedy is rooted in his trauma of like losing his father I think a lot of it but um you know he can tell some new stories I'm not trying to hate on him because I freaking love him but I was a little disappointed with the new uh movie that he came out with just because it's basically everything he's done separately put into a filmic adaptation. Like his stand-up routines or... Yeah, like his stand-up, just things he's yeah. mentioned in interviews. In a sense, it's similar to the last movie he put out, which was the Big Time Adolescence. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, you know, the kind of like lost mid-20-year-olds. New York, Staten Island, whatever... Stand you know, which is, it's interesting, you know, it's interesting, but like, you should not do two in a row of those. Like you gotta, I don't think he should have done two in a row. That's me personally. I I'm sure he's working on something even better as we speak. I hope he is, but, um, I've been following him since like pre Ariana pre like when, when like his, probably his stand up shit on YouTube only had like a couple hundred thousand, like only like a couple, probably like 20, I'd say like probably his stand up probably had like 50 K. But, like, he's, like, one of my favorite comedians. I also do, like, um, Tim Dillon's a good comedian, stand-up comedian I really like because he's, like, what what stand-up comedians do you, like, do you watch a lot of that stuff or no? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I think Wanda Sykes is my favorite. I've never her. laughed, like, when I see Wanda Sykes. Um, she She just has a voice. I, like... You know, there's some people who do too much physical comedy. I love physical comedy, but some people go overboard. Um, she does a really great amount of physical comedy. And she's also just snappy. She's got, I feel like it's like one liner after one liner, even though she can tell some really uh, good actual like true stories and whatnot. But it's mainly her voice. Her voice really stands out to me. Her voice, you know, those people that they just say anything and you laugh yeah that's my vibe with her and also ali wong did you ever see baby cobra did she have a netflix show she didn't have a netflix show, Not show but a stand-up she has two netflix stand-ups i'm gonna look her up because i think i probably saw the one she's pregnant in both yeah of them. yeah the pregnant one where she's like talking about 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, that was a good one. She's, uh, you know, she's, oh man, she's my top, one of the tops too. Probably she and Wanda Sykes are my two favorites. Those women go hard. And you know what? I know a lot of people hate on her, but I also love Amy Schumer. I love her. I don't care. I love her. But um, you probably want to hear about male comedians, which is fair. Some guys. I didn't see that. I didn't know. see that. You might know. Let's see. But I just know more because I'm a, all right, whatever. No, 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 that's fair. It's, it makes sense. It's who you are. So it's what you like to see. We like to see what we relate to, you know? But, um, mm. I love Bo Burnham. I know about him and I did like his movie, Eighth Grade. That was a banger. Did you see that one? Mm hmm. Yeah, that was, that was like real, real modern, I'd say. What else do I like? You know, I don't know why I can't. Oh, Jabuki Young White. He's awesome. Yeah. Ever heard of him? No. Um. Damn, I don't know why. It's maybe just I'm a little stoned. I'm kind of blanking right now. I don't Tell need... me something you like. Let's hear some more that you like. Let's see if I can ring any bells. All right, all right. Uh, I like, I'll name like three or four. Um, George Carlin. Um, Duncan Trussell. And, um, shit, what is that motherfucker's name? Uh, Dave Chappelle. That, why did I forget oh, about yeah. Dave Chappelle? Um, yeah. fuck. Um, no, I'm taking out Dave Chappelle and putting in, uh, Chris Rock. Um, yeah. And I mean, then, they're even, even both. Just and then both. Tim Dillon and Andrew Schultz. Yeah, I've heard of Andrew Schultz. Uh, I mean, I don't know why I'm still, we'll come back to this from my perspective on this, but I, I think I've not been watching as much because I'm kind of actually focused on writing some of my own standups right now. Oh, you're going to, you're going to go down that. That's, oh man, that's, oh, I want to see that. You got to post that on your channel if you like go. Sorry about that. I don't know who's calling me. We're just going to decline them, but, um, yeah, I have been I've wanted to do that for a long time. You know I went to England, right? Yeah, yeah. You were like really hyping that up. Like like how was that? Oh my god. Time of my life. I loved there. Uh I think that country also loves me because I do well in England. You know what I'm saying? Would you I ever move well. there? Like permanently or see I'm moving back there for sure. I don't know when. I don't know. Um I honestly don't have a time frame, but I know I'm going to move back there because I am not finished with that country yet. I love it there. You're not finished. Awesome time. I, I just feel like England is so weird. It's just, it's very specific. You know, you have to be a kind of specific vibe of person, I think, to live there because not everyone wants to go to their year abroad and go to you know, most people don't choose England. They choose like Spain or France or Italy. So, yeah. you know, I but I, I love it there. I love like but shows about comedy course. What you say? Um, I took a stand up comedy course and that was really, it was such a bummer because it was like a week before the performance. Of course, COVID shut everything down. Um, but I, so I never got to do that performance. And I really, mm -hmm. I know that there's something hanging there for me. I just want to talk about like 
pink and how I'm better than men, except for you, of course, and Dalton. I don't know. I like to talk shit about men. I think it gets a rise out of people. It makes people laugh. Like, I like I to talk to shit on. Energy. I like to talk shit on modern society. Like, if yeah. I were just like, if I were to do a stand up, hypothetically, hypothetically, I would like go into, um, I would just go into how like uh, uh shit, some sh- weird shit about Teddy Kaczynski, and I don't even know. I I, I would I would like. I don't know what I would do if I did stand up. I would do something that would like I would try and piss people off. Like if I already stand up comedy, like I like stand up comedy like where people are just trying to get people to leave if that makes sense. And that sounds really cynical and fucked up. No, I I feel you. Like um I, I like it. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. Like a majority like, of the yeah, shit that I post, like I did a post where I'm making fun of MF Doom fans and like like that shit I told you about me making fun of Tarantino fans. Like I'm really trying to like, I don't. I hate this word because it's used so much, but troll people. You want to get a rise out of people. Yeah, but I do like to like make serious shit where I'm like trying to talk about some real shit like this. Like this is my serious shit. I know it seems like I'm laid back and I'm fucking my 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 buttons unpopped or whatever they say. You know what I'm saying? But I'm really trying to talk some serious shit. And um. I think this is a good episode. I think I'm going to wrap this up now, but what else do you want to uh, say that you got planned video-wise or life-wise that you could say before we wrap this up? Well, um, just found out last night that I have become viral on TikTok um, for my graduation video, and people are really wanting to know who I am. So I'm thinking of making another video so you might be able to expect some TikTok videos from me soon, because apparently the people want more. Yeah, well, shit. How many views does it have though? Can you like give me a finite number or like uh, yep. if you remember or not? I think the last time I checked, it was like five hundred thousand. But fuck. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see where we're at. I mean, and you know what I like is this girl I don't know posted it. You know, I didn't even post it. So it just kind of makes it like, like that's how I would have wanted it to go down. You know, I wouldn't want to have to post it myself. Like so all you it. did is like you you went, you graduated and you got your diploma and then you took your main like gown or whatever the fuck they call it off and it was a pink one and you left the one on the ground and walked out of the frame. It was, it was like the end credits of like ten, it like uh, some movie Legally like blonde. ten things I hate about you. What do you say? Legally blonde. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is um, I actually had to spend like fifty dollars to buy that freaking robe, and I did not want to. You know, I had the pink and the pink cap and gown, which I spent like forty dollars on, something like that. Um, and then I was last minute the day of, I was like, shoot, I'm gonna have to buy a black one, put it on on top, and it was a hot day. I was sitting there two robes deep, but I was like, I don't care. I'm doing this. Um, and I, you know, I'm vibing with it. I, I feel like it's a good representation of me. And it was a good way for me to send off that school. Cause you know, adios. I'm out of there. Thanks. Bye guys. But let's see I'll, before I, before we hop off of this, let's see where we're at. 843,000. 0.5. Wait, 843,500 views. I'm going to have to go in the comments and be like, hey, check out my YouTube channel. I interviewed her and some bullshit. 
but I, I, I might have to but um link in the description to your ch channel you what you said oh, sorry wait you do your thing okay uh link in the description to your channel and your instagram go check her out support her if you support me goodbye